Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. It's Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Young Parsons Radio! I don't usually wake up this early. Okay. Caller, what is so important? <laughs> I guess it's a show where you talk to people who are hit by lightning. Hey, Colby. It's Tim Keck. What's up, bitch? This is Mary Coolahan. Colby, Colby, it's Jason Trackerberry with a very quick phone call. It's me, Gene Craighead George. It's Monica. Yay. Yay. Can I tell you a pigeon story? It's raising baby pigeons in a pasta colander. Pigeon, is that you? There's enough evidence on here to lock her away for a long time. <laughs> oh, I guess this is a maniac show for birds. Stupid, it's childish, and I would never do that to you. Louis Simon. What it's kind like- of art were you doing at the karate school? The art of the empty hand. I take care of feral cats. This is me to burn. It's in the house. Caller, it lift me out of this slump. Caller. I'm not a fan of the show. I've never heard of it before. Are you about to number one yet? I'm feeling real cool. Get me named a living landmark for New York. I gotta shoot on Rob Shapiro real quick. He's a hat. His fans are morons. I'm a big fan of your radio show, but off the air, you're, you're kind of a terrible person. You just sound like a bunch of dorks. I truly can't tell if everyone's making fun of us. Is this what this feels this like is, every week? Yeah. You think I'm crazy? Everybody wants me to do what they want me to do. But the actual thing, I'm always going to do what I want to do. Ah, is anybody told you? Truth is, there is no one that can do what I do. There is a storm coming! Like nothing you have ever seen! And not a one of you is prepared for it! Come in. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's Colby. You have a nasty habit of surviving. Well, you know what they say about the fittest? so loud i got dizzy for a second what's up everybody this is radio free brooklyn this is young persons radio i'm your host colby smith this is your sunday morning comedy program here on radio free brooklyn the first of many live talk shows we have for you today uh and every sunday here on radio free brooklyn we are followed at 11 a.m usually by points of point of order point point once i subbed for points of order and the guy, their only, the only caller we got was a guy telling me I was saying the name of the show wrong. And he was right. Point of order will come on at 11 o'clock. Uh, and, uh, and I am the guest host again today. I will be on the air for two hours this morning. So uh, stick around for the rest of Young Persons Radio and keep that, uh, that, that dial tuned to Radio Free Brooklyn at 11 for uh, the second hour of the show, the overtime show. 
as, uh, as we'll call it today. And then at noon, we were followed by the Brooklyn Conversation with Rosie. And then 1 p.m. has Objection to the Rule, Radio Free Brooklyn's answer to the Sunday morning political talk show circuit. And we have all kinds of other talk programming for you uh, for the rest of the day Sunday until 11 p.m. tonight. Every interest you have is covered today. We can talk about it. Some some uh, shows take calls like this one. And that number is 904-351-0729. That's 904-351-0729. You can call into the show. You can uh, uh, at any point can use that number to call in. But we have a couple of other things to talk about. And that is not only do we have great talk programming all day on Sunday, but we have all kinds of things on the station throughout the week. We've got like found audio projects. Uh, we've got just regular old music shows. We've got Brooklyn Bandstand every day. We've got bands from around the area coming in to check out the place and uh, play some tunes. And if you like any of that stuff at all and want to learn how you can support the show that you're listening to, including this one, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. That's RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge to find out how you can get more involved, either monetarily or otherwise. And if you want to sponsor this show in particular, which helps us keep the administrative costs down, you can go to RFB.NYC slash YPR and click the link at the bottom of the page that says sponsor this show. That is RFB.NYC slash YPR. And while you are there, might be a good idea to go ahead and sign up for our newsletter. It is the best way to learn about all the things that are going on at the station, and that is a lot. We've got all these live shows that we're doing. There was one this week at the, the Well, first th- every first Thursday of the month at the Well. We've got bands playing there. And, uh, so, like some rock shows, there's some hip-hop shows. All of the top talent of the station is, is, is putting its uh, uh, effort into making those shows really special. And uh, uh, we also have a new series that we can announce, which is a monthly series at the Pine Box Rock Shop uh, right here in our neighbors, really. They're just a few blocks away here in uh, the Bushwick neighborhood of Brooklyn. And uh, it's a great place to go and hang out if you are into that sort of thing, that sort of thing being hanging out. If you're into hanging out, you can go check out Pine Box Rock Shop. Uh, and we will be there, uh, I believe, starting in May. I believe starting next month is the first uh, is the first one. So keep uh, keep posted on that. And the best way to do that is to sign up for the newsletter, which you can do at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. But welcome, everybody, to Young Persons Radio. I'm your host, Colby Smith. This is Radio Free Brooklyn, and I'm very glad that you're here. As we do occasionally on this program, we are going to take a dive into Radio Free Brooklyn's history. You know, in addition to being a comedy program, I like to think of myself as a sort of a living historian in that, uh, you know, in the way that an oral history in, in, in many ways uh, tells the story better than a traditional uh, 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 history could, mainly because it's, uh, it's more like a script and not uh, like a regular book because those are hard. Um, but uh, yeah, I like to think of myself in that way, sort of like the, the guardian of the Radio Free Brooklyn legacy. Uh, you know, this, this station has been around for many, many years. You, your mic isn't on. What, what was that? I was just going to say, you're like the, you're like the owl and, uh, you know, in second season of Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, there's a library underneath the desert. There's like a special owl who lives there. Yes. This is, re- this is a reference to this attraction for you? <laughs> I, no. Okay. 
Your mic's going back off. Cool. Reasonable. <laughs> anyway, a couple months ago, we uh, we looked into the archives and we found uh, a show called A Book If You Please. And that was uh, really, really cool. So we played that in, the, in, in its full length. It was like a, an author's uh, a literary review hour from the 1970s, Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, today we've got another really fun uh, a blast from the past, I guess. Uh, this uh, you're fans of car. T- Every everybody who's listening to the show is a fan of car talk. That much I know. So if you are a fan of car talk, and I know that you are, uh, you'll really like this show. It turns out there was a very similar one that aired on uh, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn uh, uh, in one of its iterations uh, in the early 1990s. Uh, so with, uh, so stick around. This I'm very excited to listen to this along with you. So uh, uh, you know, stick around. We're going to now go to an episode of the Vehicular Dialectic. Uh, from uh, this is a classic episode from 1994. Um, so uh, stick around. We're going to go to that right now. This is Radio Free Brooklyn, and uh, uh, stay tuned. Hello and greetings and welcome to the Vehicular Dialectic. And with you, as always, are your hosts, Jim Humana and Jake Humana. I'm Jim Humana and this is my brother, Jake. And together we go... Hello, everybody. Okay. We're coming at you live from the Little Rhode Island neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York, where it's a beautiful day. The sun is high, gas prices are low, and my wife believes I've been dead since February. We prostrate ourselves before you listening public as we do every week in order to share with you our gift... As our veterans, veteran listeners know, when my brother and I were small children, we watched our parents get murdered in a jiffy lube. The resultant trauma made us permanent strangers to ourselves and created an insurmountable psychological wall between us and anyone who would give us love. It also gave us a preternatural understanding of all cars. Correct. When I close my eyes, I see the interior of a car at once holistically and yet deconstructed to its component parts. I see all makes and models of cars superimposed on one one another transdimensionally. They are discrete in their particulars, but simultaneously embody a platonic meta-notion of car. And I share this gift. An idea I accept on good faith, but cannot grasp in any meaningful way, as I am unable to conceive of a consciousness outside of my own. Because of our shared shared Jiffy Jiffy Lube trauma. You all right there, Jake? <laughs> Sorry, uh... Got a fly in your throat? Bullcrind. Do you ever see that movie, Apocalypse Now? Oh, it's pretty good. It's about the war. It's about the war that we both fought in. <laughs> My favorite part of both that war and that movie was the long boat trip. Yeah, yeah. That movie that movie was supposed to be about how Vietnam was really bad, but the idea of, uh, of uh, floating on a boat through a swamp actually sounds pretty okay to me it was not it was it, it seemed pretty all right the mosquitoes though and it's, i miss seasons it sounds a lot uh, uh easier to me than uh trying to conceive of a consciousness outside of my own well sure anyway at one point while they were making that movie while the cameras were rolling marlon brando was giving a, a speech and he swallows a bug at one point okay and the only reason you know is because he takes a long pause and then he says let's swallow a little bug that's a pretty good Marlon Brando. Thank you. It's, anyway. pretty, it's outside of my race. Go go on. Keep so telling just the, 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 the spiel. So we spend the rest of our adolescence wandering orphans in urban Providence, 
but we essentially subsisted on the streets through various forms of car crime. Hustling tourists with overpaid diagnostics, Jack and Lexuses, washing cars to raise money for the local chess team, when there was no local chess team, just regional. Drowning cash to see if it made us feel watching people eat brunch together through restaurant windows and silently miming their physical gestures, talking to people on public transportation about graphs. We were on a dark path. But all that changed when Jake was working as a custodian at RISD. It was a job I drove him to every day. One of the professors there had put up a nigh-unsolvable car problem on the chalkboard for the students at the, in the car PhD program to solve. No one was around. He couldn't resist. The greatest young car minds in America, and none of them could see the simple truth. The Chevy Nova didn't have cup holders until 1998. How do we put this, listeners? It was as clear to him as w- <laughs> it was as clear to him as whether or not your friend from work might want to hang out outside of work after a few months of knowing them might be to you. Not something that can be taught, but something that you either witnessed a murder and know, or didn't witness a murder and don't know. Anyway, that got us noticed, earned us a little bit of renown. We were published a few papers, became government contractors. We were in the think tank that created the black ice smell air freshener. And by fluke, the only two not subsequently murdered by the government to ensure our silence. We were the ones that discovered that thing between the driver's seat and the passenger seat folds up. (laughs) What's that sound mean? You know what that sound means, Jake. It means it's time for our mailbag. It's time for our mailbag. Our first letter comes from Pamela R. in Walla Walla, Washington. Pamela writes, Boys, cannot thank you enough for your advice on how to make my plush leather seats shine like the day I bought them. Getting all of my son's Nickelodeon gack out of the grout of the back seat was difficult, but worth it. I have been, in compliment- I have been getting compliments from all of my clients, whom I drive from property to property in my ongoing quest to trick them into buying timeshares. Love and hugs from the great Northwood, Pamela. Aw, Pamela, that's so nice. That's very sweet of you, Pamela, to follow up like that. If any, if at any point we, we help you with your car, you should follow up uh, by writing us at, at vehicular dialectic care of Terry Gross, W-H-Y-Y, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then the zip code. She, uh, she sends all that mail to us. Mm-hmm. We don't like putting out our, our address on the show because of our... Uh, a criminal history? Yeah, yeah. Also because the government is actively seeking to murder us because of our involvement in the black ice development, which yeah. I will say right now is the most popular car wash air freshener scent globally. Not just in America, but China, Burma. Those are the main two. Uh, Istanbul. Oh, Istanbul, for sure. You've been to Istanbul, Jake. Oh, Absolutely. Istanbul is uh, really, uh, it's the V8 fuel injection motor of the world. Uh, If you think of uh, different Eurasian cultures as uh, the oil and uh, that mighty city on the Bosphorus as the injector putting that oil into the combustion chamber that is uh, the city. Hmm. Hmm. I'd love to go one day. It's a lot like a car. I should mention before we go on to the mailbag that our number to call in is 904-351-0729. That's 904-351-0729 if you have a, a question about your car, 
that we can help you with, and we are more than happy to do that because, again, our understanding of cars reaches the platonic ideal and a meta notion of the car. So please call us at 904-351-0729. That's 904-351-0729 on the vehicular dialectic. Go ahead. We can solve any, with the most vague description of a car symptoms, we can solve this problem almost instantaneously. It would take us actually less time if we left out the banter, but uh, then there'd be no show. That's right. And you know, uh, the most interesting thing to me about uh, what we do, Jake, is that everyone just describes a clicking sound. It's true. It's just different every caller kick, clicking sound. Every caller to our show is just like, I have a 1989 Toyota Sorenta, and there's this weird clicking sound whenever I back it up out of the driveway, but not when I go forward. And I always say, you know, you should look at a ballpoint, a ball, a ball joint, a ballpoint, a ballpoint, a ballpoint pen lodged in the ball joint, hinging on the undercarriage of the, of the car. Time, that's the problem. Is a misplaced pen. A pen has a place in an engine. But that is not the place. Yes. I'm so glad that you said 38% because uh, uh, one other thing about our, our, shared, our shared Jiffy, Jiffy Lube trauma, trauma is that uh, it's given us uh, utter patience for mathematics. Some would say uh, an obsession. Well, to me, mathematics simplify a, a world made baffling by human emotions and erratic behavior. My fellow humans rarely act in their own cold self-interest in a way that makes them unpredictable and scary to me. That's why me and my brother stay inside, solving car crimes over the air. We don't leave the radio station when we're done. I sleep under the desk. Our second letter comes from Alexander Z in Buffalo, New York, who writes, Fellas, you were right as always. Uh, again. High five. We're, we're too far away to do a real one. Yeah, you're right. You, you probably you a, wouldn't pick up on the microphone. You have an audio clip of a high five? No, I'll find one. Cool. Alex writes, fellas, you were right as always. Beneath the cloth lining of the trunk is the perfect place to hide illegal contraband. Those Canucks at the border didn't suspect a thing. And now my guy in Montreal thinks I'm a hero. Also, it's cool to know where my spare tire is. Love and hugs from the Grace North Woods, Alex. Alex, uh, you're welcome, as always. <laughs> all of our all of our letter writers live on the border between between New York, uh, between uh, the United States and our neighbors to the north. Statistically, that's where the most car trouble occurs. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, there's something to do about radio waves. Hmm. When you pass from uh, United States jurisdiction into Canadian jurisdiction, the something-something uh, radio waves, it's, uh, it's a manifesto I'm writing. I don't know. I haven't looked at my bathroom mirror in a long time, and it's all there in lipstick, uh... In big font sizes and then little tiny font sizes, depending on how I feel. You ever driven across the border into Canada? Yeah, a couple times with the Anirondacks. Mm. Pretty nice. Good scenery. Yeah. The, uh, the the traffic cops have weird ties that don't end in a point but end in a square. Mm. Uh, pretty good. Pretty stylish. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's it's a kind of like a knit tie that ends in a square that was, they you know, for a brief period sold in H&M a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then you just never saw them ever again? Yeah. You know, recently I went to the men's store. The men's store. What? The men's store. Just a store for men? Yeah. Okay. That's what they used to call men's clothing stores. Just the men's the store? The men's store. I didn't know that. Uh, okay, continue. I went to get a new suit from the man's store. Recently I went to the men's store. 
And I told them what I always tell them. Wait, where was this? This was at the men's store. Okay, continue. And I told them what I always tell them, which is, uh, do you have anything that would make me look like I do a working class job, but I want to be very clear that I do not? Like, do you have anything, do you have any, like, work overalls that uh, I can wear as if I'm about to go and, like, uh, work on the subway tracks when, in fact, I'm just going to a coffee shop to graphically design? And what they say? They said, of course, that's all we sell. I feel like, because normally I feel like the main the main demo for that is spies. <laughs> you know? Someone who needs a reason to be on the subway track late at night to make the put switch around the screws. But they don't have any of their own overalls because spies, well, they all went to college. Our third letter comes from Tyrone R. in Amarillo, Texas. Who writes? You want to do this one? Oh, sure. Oh, Tyrone writes, fellas, you were right to suggest rust proof in my, at my 50,000 mile checkup at the Pep Boys. Good, good, Tyrone. Pep Boys is good. Pep Boys has no blood on their hands. <laughs> Not only did it earn my Bronco another 10,000 road miles, but it also saved me a bundle in the eventual muffler repairs. Ooh. Well, thanks, Tyler. I mean, that's great. Uh, the Ford Bronco, what a car. What a car. I, it's the sort of thing you look at it and you're like, this will never go out of style. They'll be making this forever. That, the thing I love most about the Ford Bronco is that when I, because I, I, I drive one, you know. I oh, drive absolutely. one. You'll drive that thing real slow on the highway for hours. That's right. Nine oh four three five one oh seven two nine. If you want to call in, that's nine oh four three five one oh seven two nine. Hello, caller. You're on the vi- the vehicular dialectic. Caller. Hey guys, what's up? Oh, ha- hey, how's it going? Yeah, who who is this? Where are you calling yeah, where? from? What is this? What's up? What are you? Just skateboard over to the phone to give us a call? Hey, this- we can't help you skateboard. We can only help your car. <laughs> Hello, this is Jimmy from Providence, Rhode Island. Jimmy, oh, Providence, a oh, Providence, from Providence. Boy. Hey, uh, we got a couple. You got a couple of hometown guys here. You called the right place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brad. So I got a little totally tubular. I got a little problem with my car. Okay, what kind of car? Describe the car. Whoa, 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 Jimmy. I want to know a little bit about you. You're from Providence. I think I know your mother. So let's just <laughs> let's back up for a second. All right, how old are you? I'm 24. 24, okay. 24. Do you remember being 24, Jake? Oh, my God. Uh, I do, vividly, every night in my dreams. It's like real life. And every time I wake up, it's like dying all over again. But, I mean, it was cool, and I miss it. My question for you, Jimmy, is, uh, so was it Providence Central High or East Providence? Where'd you graduate high school? You went to East East Providence? Providence? Oh, you... Sons of bitches. Listen, Bulldog Pride, okay? Bulldog Pride. Bulldog Pride. Bulldog Pride. Central ah. Providence High forever. Piece of shit scumbag. No, but 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 Jimmy, what yes. is what would you say is the main purpose for which you as a 24-year-old used your car? Are you running drugs into the Canada like our previous letter writer? No, I'm getting groceries for my mom. Oh, okay. oh, your mom! What a su- what a sweetheart! Jimmy's a sweetheart. I forgot. Wait, is your mom Florence? 
I'm sorry. Is your mom Florence? Florence yeah. Wheaton? Yeah. You Jimmy Wheaton? Yeah. Hey, Jimmy Wheaton. Yeah. My sister Abigail used to babysit you. You're kidding. Well, not my real sister, my foster sister. There were two years where they took me out of the Providence Wharf Orphanage and made me live amongst humans. It was a failed experiment. But at that time... Uh, my I brother Jake is not unlike uh, uh, Brooks in the movie Shawshank Redemption, which I just saw for the first time. <laughs> in theaters. In theaters. How am I like him? Uh, uh, you like yet it, to see it. You like it better inside. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was the thing about living with his foster family is they were always like, oh, let's go for a stroll through through province like through the through through the central market and i was like i need to be inside i need at least three walls around me at all times yeah. that's what happened with i mean not to to excavate old traumas but i mean that's how our parents got murdered uh but jimmy d- describe your life with the car yeah what's the problem with this car the car's i mean it's it's been fine for the longest time it's just now there's just, you know, there's something wrong with it. I figured that was the case, Jimmy. That's why you're calling the vehicular sure. dialectic. And again, I know we uh, we bragged about how vague the descriptions of the problem need to be for us to solve it. But something wrong with it. We're going to need a little bit more. It's just, uh, I like started up. It's not the same from when I usually started up. Uh, oh, it's been made other from you? Unrecognizable? So what you're describing, Jimmy, is that you have an object that used to make you feel a certain way. And you have discovered that over time, the charms evoked by that particular object have faded to a distant memory to the point where now when you interact with the object, it is almost more depressing for you because you remember the sweet taste of that feeling. And in fact, the, the, the remembrance of those things only make its absence currently all the more bitter and nasty for you. More painful. A hole that before you owned the car wasn't even there. Well, I don't think it's that deep. I just, you know, I want it my just car to work. It feels again. different. Okay. All right, Jimmy. Yeah. It's just it's funny because you what you're what you're describing. Let me guess. Go ahead. Sorry, Jake. Well, I just I mean, listen, Jim, I didn't want to I don't want to uh, air out your dirty laundry, uh, but it's impossible for me to differentiate the personal from the public. Uh, to me, all details are merely data points for me to <laughs> imbibe and analyze. But, Jimmy, it sounds like what you're describing is that feeling of cold otherness that Jim had with his wife that uh, led him to eventually fake his own death in order to escape her without harming her or paying alimony. You know, I, I had friends at, the, at that time who said, you know, you should just talk to her. You should just uh, you should just talk to her. And I thought that's too scary. Oh, my God. Also, talk to her. Uh, she didn't seem to understand any of the graphs you were giving her. I uh, printed out all kinds of graphs from my wood processor. You can make tables in them now. Have you seen these things? You can make tables in them. In a, there are little cells all across the screen. It's like a black screen with just green. It's really cool. Type. You can put in a, a, a Y equals X plus B equation and it'll just make them. It'll just go. And what human marriage cannot be reduced to a Y equals X plus B equation? You have to understand, Jimmy, that when we were children, computers were like $4,000 and they took up an entire room. And now now I've got one in my home office uh, 
uh, and it's on an oak desk. Uh, I mean, it with, now it just takes up half a room. Exactly. Yeah. It's this thing's just so small. Wow. There's a monitor. There's a monitor that's like a a full yard deep, uh, and a concave screen. And then like there's like a glass. there's a tall tower that's also a yard high that sits on the floor beneath the desk and just accumulates dust. Oh my god. There's, and also there's who- a little fan blowing in there to keep the circuits cool and it just blows the dust around the room. And the weirdest thing is they're you, so small. If you ever take apart that box, there's nothing in there. <laughs> it's just empty space. There's a lot There's a lot of what we graphic designers call white space. In, white space inside the computer okay jimmy describe your car <laughs> what's the make and model of the car jimmy i drive a ford explorer cool uh, all right so you're a real national geographic type you don't let the yeah, borders I am. you go out you when you go to the grocery first of all which grocery chain are you going to for your mom food line food, food line food line Meow. I love a food, food line. Food pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I, when I was in high school, I had a friend who worked at the food line in our neighborhood. And uh, uh, the most popular item was uh, was Hidden Valley Ranch. And he's, he would they would always say, where's the Hidden Valley Ranch? And he would always say, they haven't found it yet. And he thought that was, he was so proud of it. Oh, I just, you know what? I just got it. Uh-huh. That's very good. <laughs> That's very good. As if it was called Valley Ranch. But it was hidden. But it was it, it was obscured it, from view. Sconded within an Easter egg in the grocery store. Okay, Jimmy, Jimmy you got a Ford Explorer, so you respect you respect line. no laws, no borders. Uh, you'll go right off the road into the woods, come out of the woods, different road. You won't even notice. To you, it's all the same. You're like driving through. There's like an aerial shot of you driving through a cornfield. Yeah, and you don't even. To you, it's nothing. You are the the vehicular equivalent of a conquistador in yeah, search I mean, of gold. Just be what it is. There could be, there could be corn in my car. That's true. That's wow. You know what? I think it's probably corn related. When you start the car, corn related. Should, should I should I check to see if there's any corn shoved in there? Jimmy, sh- shut your goddamn mouth and answer my questions. When you start the car, right, does it go... And then does it go click, click, click? Or does it go... And when you honk the horn, does it go... Scare away all the deer in your tracks? Yeah, three times like that. Uh, I, I think it's more like the second one. Okay. Yeah, well, that's not as bad as it could be. Uh, we had a call in here just the other week, but when he honked his horn, it went, humana, 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 a wooga, adi, 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 adi. Hello, nurse. Which he told us was directly inspired by our last name, Jake and Jim Humana. Humana. But it sounds like, Jimmy, you got what you got to do is I want you to take your Explorer. What are you? you you're East Providence, right? East Providence High? You're in that district? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, take it to Marty's. Get to Marty's. Ask for Philip. If Marty's there, tell him, get out of here, old man. You're, you're a figurehead now. Okay? 
Uh, Philip needs to All right, do... Will, will I tell him you sent me? Absolutely. Tell him Jim sent you. Yeah, yeah. He and I have a nicer relationship than yeah. he and Jake. He and Jake had a falling out uh, actually very recently, mm. and we're kind of just waiting for it to cool down. Uh, yeah, we're still... It has not been really explored or re- revisited. No, no. Cool heads need to prevail in this, and I think it's difficult for both of them to attain cool head status. Well, because the wound is so fresh. Why don't you tell him about well, it? Well, that's the thing is, I mean, I have a cool head. I my The range of my emotions is needle thin. I feel nothing. Uh, what was happening was I was... He's got this, you know, he's got this son that he seems like he has such a nice time with, taking to baseball games, uh, driving around, but he's so busy at work. So I've been kind of stepping in and sort of, you know, taking his kid out to the movies... Uh, teaching him how to, you know, to ride a bike, stuff like that, uh, which he f- seems to feel was some kind of overstepping. Uh, my opinion is uh, I see people interact like this on TV. Uh, I don't have a son, but I want to know what it feels like to love. So I t- took his son for a three-day beach vacation. In Nags Head, North Carolina, without telling him. So that's why he's mad. So don't mention okay, my well, name. So take it there, yeah, and I I'll think just, the, I'll just not. I'll not bring it up. I won't mention your name. I'll just go Phillip. in. Uh, have him see what's up with the. No, 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 no. Don't he, say what's up. He hates. He hates skateboard. He hates. Skateboard. He thinks he Skates, said to us. Okay. He said to us once that a skateboard is a poor man's imitation of a car, and that it has four wheels and can carry things, yeah. but it's inferior to a car. Yeah. And that it can't carry as much as a car. As my brother, as my brother's doing now, he he explained to us a very accessible metaphor that is just literally true. Exactly. <laughs> I think he th- he thinks he's really smart. Yeah. And so everyone, he needs to explain. He he sees he makes these connections, and then his next thought is. How am I going to understand this to all the peons I'm surrounded by? So he explains things in detail that is excruciatingly minute. Just but utterly banal. But when, listen. in fact, it's a very easily understandable concept for even those of us who just stay inside all the time. All the time. Let alone my brother and I who are, I mean, basically cost savants. But, uh, again, don't say what's up to him. Doesn't like any sort of, for, sort of youth culture. Hate skateboards. He once told me, why doesn't that Kool-Aid man use the door? Uh, he's just a real stick in the mud. And he's what he's going to want to do, he's going to tell you it's a gasket problem. And you need to tell him it's not a gasket problem. It's the fuel injector. It's the fuel injector. Yeah, and that's what it sounds like. If you if you have if you've had a car for many years, but it's it's too you either can't afford to get a new one. Or, uh, or, uh, or uh, you know, you just you were going to stick with it, but you want it to feel new. The best thing to do to make a car feel new is to get a new fuel injector. Absolutely. What's and the maybe, most noticeable thing about being inside a car? It's the fuel injector. You feel it. And maybe go to one of these uh, car shows where they have, like, vintage steering wheels just on a rack outside for, like, $60 a pop. Just, just buy one. Buy one of those. Put it on the car yourself. And oh. if you need help with that, you can call I, back. All right. We'll walk you through step by sure, step. Sure, I, I definitely will. Listen, guys, I, I really appreciate the help. I know I'm kind of, you know, I stumbled upon some bad blood, but that's okay. I don't I don't really care because it doesn't involve me. So I'm just going to go 
and get my car fixed. That's great. Jimmy, you did great. This is a great really call. Good. You're very articulate. You're going to do really well in high school. He's 24. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oops. Uh, I no, guess I just got high caught high up in our rivalry. Well, it's, if you're looking for this, like, son figure in your life, if we've, if we've established Absolutely. it, maybe, maybe oh, it's Jimmy. You're 24. That means I can legally transport you across state lines. This is great. Do you like barbecue? You have to. You have to ask my mother about that. Oh, your mother and I go way back. She used to tell no, me. No, she loves me very much. She used to tell me to stop catching and skinning squirrels in her backyard. She seemed to find it off-putting. When in fact it was just a trophy to bring her to impress her, and also for a way ah. for my brother and I to try and conceive of the idea of pain external to our own. Closed beings. It didn't work. Not at all. I just don't get it. Anyway, Jimmy, you take care now. Jimmy, you're a great kid. Thanks for calling. And be sure to write us a letter in a month. Hey, tell Abigail I say tell Abigail I say hi. That sounds good, Jimmy. She's not hot, Jimmy. All right, bye-bye. Bye. What, what, what a great kid. That's 904-351-0729. If you have a car problem and you want us to discuss this, 904-351-0729. Let's get those calls in. We are here for you. We are here for you. Wait, what's that sound mean? You know what that sound means. Oh, man. It's time for this week's Puzzler. Ah! Everybody's favorite segment, the Puzzler. This week's, you want to, you want to read this one, Jake? Well, sure. Uh, every week we, uh, we get a, a sort of a, a mental problem sent in for us to decipher. This week's Puzzler, well, the modern form of this problem was introduced first by Philip Foot in 1967. Now, okay, hypothetically, there's a runaway trolley barreling down the railway tracks. Ahead... On the tracks, there are five people tied up and unable to move. The trolley is headed straight for them. Now, you are standing some distance off in the train yard next to a lever. If you pull this lever, lever, the trolley will switch to a different set of tracks. However, you notice that there is one person tied up on one side of the track, and this person is a loved one. Now, you have two options. One, do nothing, and the trolley kills the five people on the main track. Or two... Pull the lever, diverting the trolley onto the sidetrack where it will kill one person. Your loved one. What is the most ethical choice? So you could write us in again at at, uh, at a vehicular dialectic ter- of ter- Terry Gross, WHYY, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then the zip code. Right. It'll get to us there in Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. It'll take another extra uh, two weeks, but she'll mail it. But it'll love. get here. It'll get here. <sighs> she hates it, but destroying mail is a crime. And uh, if Terry Gross is nothing, she is a knock and uh, abides by all laws. And, of course, we have the winner of last week's Puzzler. Oh, sure. Who is Horton P. Horton P. From Cape Canaveral. Oh, good job, Horton P. Who Hort- wrote correctly that on a lifeboat with limited space, it is acceptable, if it is certain they are going to die in a day or two, to murder them to preserve resources, or to let someone else on the boat. So congratulations, Horton. Horton P., we're sending we're, you a tote bag? That's right, that's right. We're, we're getting, I think these tote bags are going to be a pretty big thing, and we're getting on the trade pretty early. I, I think it's a ground floor operation. I mean, think about it. People walking around, 
You ever just walk down the sidewalk and see people just melons falling out of their hands? They just can barely hold all the stuff they got. Uh, they're like, uh, they're tripping. Uh, all the stuff they have is sort of, uh, it's disparate in the sense that, uh, they don't all fit together in any kind of way. Yeah. They're oblong, awkward to hold. A tote bag solves all that. Yeah, you know, I, I for many years had a messenger bag that I would use. I would sling it across my shoulder and I would have all my stuff sort of at my hip at the messenger bag. But then I thought, I, I really, this bag is great, but I really wish it was higher up on my body so that it would be very hard for me to reach into. Oh, absolutely. So that's why I switched to the tote bag. And it's a messenger bag. It's almost like there's a, uh, there is enough space for everything you need to carry. So you don't sure. have to constantly be choosing yeah. uh, what goes in, what goes out. Uh, and there's no way for like uh, the corner of a hardcover book you might be keeping in it to be poking into your thigh as you walk down the sidewalk continuously, you know? Completely agree with you. Uh, plus, last note, a tote or rather a messenger bag doesn't immediately advertise something about you that you think makes you unique. It doesn't sort of scream some kind of like quirky message or a brand you associate with that you think. Uh, just because it's maybe a lesser known brand somehow is not uh, yet another cog in the machine of capitalism and makes you good for consuming from. Uh, very strange. The other day uh, on the train, Jake, mm. I saw someone with a New Yorker tote bag and I went up to them and I said, what other magazines do you read? Because that's what they're trying to say, right? That they enjoy reading magazines. They're a magazine consumer. Right? That's what they're trying to say? Well, it couldn't possibly be that they're broadcasting uh, some kind of uh, vague interest in the most erudite thing they can think of, which which is very mainstream, in fact. Absolutely. And relatively lowbrow. Oh, absolutely. Relatively lowbrow and has been a a, uh, very tired uh, thing that people point to as like highbrow and pretentious in popular culture for decades. For truly decades. And again, this is 1994. And this is true. I can only assume this will continue. The New Yorker magazine has been a touchstone for people to make fun of eggheads for decades. And it's got to be that they're into magazines, perhaps uh, others that are owned by the company Condé Nast. Maybe they also like Bon Appetit, for example. Men's health. If I open up that New Yorker tote bag and I don't find just a bunch of other magazines that you like... Then you're wearing it for the wrong reasons. Well, the thing is, I will say, uh, I was grateful for the New Yorker tote bag in my days as a freelance magazine subscription salesman. Because to me, it's a billboard that says, come in and sell me more magazines. I love consuming print media. Please. I am a man of the people. I'm wearing my my New Yorker tote bag. Over a shoulder over which is hung uh, overalls that I got from the men's store. Listen, I'm really going out on a limb here and believe in you about the men's store, but it sounds less than made up. 904-351-0729 if you want to call in. That's 904-351-0729. Hello, caller. You're on the vehicular dialectic. Hey guys, it's Tim Keck calling. Tim, where are you calling from? Uh, where are you calling so from? Tim? I got through. Oh yeah, very hard uh, to get I through. I really use that tote bag. I've been calling nonstop trying to get that tote bag. Real excited, I finally got through and won. 
Uh, really could use a tote bag. I got a bunch of things I need to carry around. Like what, uh, Tim? So this really tote bag. This tote bag really came in the nick of time. I was really, you know, desperate for something. And uh, just just so you know, this tote bag is going to go to a nice place. Uh, we're going to. It's going to have a good home. Uh, and it's going to. It's going to be towing and bagging all over the place. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate. Wait, it. you don't get the tote bag yet, Tim. Are Tim. You, Tim, are you there? What? You don't you get there? the tote bag yet. You got to answer. Hello? The- you gotta answer the puzzle. You gotta answer the puzzle. I would like Tim, I would love it. I would love to hear your take on Are you there? He hung up on us. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, he's I here. would love to did you hear the puzzler? Hello? Did you hear the puzzler, Tim? The puzzler? Yeah. Please? Yeah, the uh the 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 issue with the uh the the, the, the trolley the, car. Do you kill five people to save a member of your family? Yeah. Yeah. Uh and you're yeah. right, it is an okay. issue. It's a logistical error on the part of the train company. But yeah, give oh, us your take. It's a big issue. And trust me, I have been in this exact scenario before. <laughs> and I'll tell you what you do. You, the trick, the trick to this issue is that you have never been in a scenario like this before. You're going to freeze up. You're going to pull the lever a little too late. You're accidentally going to kill both parties. And you're going to carry that guilt with you for the rest of your life. Wow. Uh, so anyway, I could really use that. <laughs> <dope bag. laughs> I've really been hanging all my hopes. Um, I, I've needed something, you know, just, I have been wallowing in a pit of despair, uh, with the lives of six, right, six people, including people, a loved one, one of which I knew intimately, Can I? uh, and, and I could just, I just, I'm really excited about that tote guys. I'm going to need Tim, I don't want, I don't mean to twist the knife, but, uh, can I ask, uh, what was the relation you had with the, the particular loved one? Oh, it was a, uh, a, a uh, it was my wife and sister. Oh, it was, it was, wait, it was two loved ones. <laughs> it was two loved ones or it was your wife and your sister the same person? What, does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to understand, Tim, uh, my brother and I being completely. I lost a wife and a sister that day. Or are you saying that you are uh, so estranged from your sister that to you, the emotional loss of her, she was one of the five. She was like a stranger to you. Oh, I, uh, I, well, so I was married to my sister. Okay. And after I let her die, none of my other sisters will talk to me. Yeah. So I, uh. How many sisters do you have, Tim? I have six. Six sisters. Six sisters. It's hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. Tim, uh... I, that day, that day of the incident, they uh, were very excited to introduce me to all of their boyfriends who were uh, waiting down by the track. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting that this is this is a situation that happened organically to you. It, wow. That's... Tim, that's this, truly crushing. Yeah, so I, uh... I was so shocked that they were all dating somebody because, you know, they're all the little apples in my eye that uh, the train barreled <laughs> out of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, you were so shocked that you didn't think to stop the train. Tim, you're getting a, you're getting Sorry, a tote bag in the mail. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. A hundred percent. Can Tim, I? Where should we send the tote I mean, yeah. you could follow up with our producer off the air, but I would love to know where to send the tote bag. Worm, can you send it to my car? I'm living in my car. Oh, you're living in your car. Uh, so if you could, guys could uh, could send it out here. 
how's how's, how's the, the car running? How's the car? How's the, how's its health? How's the car running? Honestly, it's listing to the left when I drive. It's I'm lifting not sure if it's the roads. Not sure if it's the car. Are you driving on two wheels? Are you like with the car leaned up like like in the movie I just saw a couple years ago, License to Kill, with Timothy Dalton? That is exactly how I'm driving, and I'm not trying to do it. So you just... just get on those roads and just slowly the car starts tilting, leaning, yeah. leaning, and I'm on two wheels. You're and continuously is, in a very cool turn. All my stuff slides to one side of the car. Yeah, yeah. It's got to make it very easy to drive through traffic jams. Oh, absolutely. Like going on a multi-lane highway. Yeah, it, it's like, uh, you know those those cartoon races they used to have all the time? Like uh, where all the, the Hanna-Barbera spooky monsters, like the Wolfman and the Frankenstein? The, the big red guy. Yeah, and the big red guy, and they used to all be in a big race. Anyway. You know, I, uh, I used to draw for those. You used to draw for, for Hanna-Barbera? Yeah, I used to draw for Hanna-Barbera. You know, sometimes he'd be like, hey, I'm going to take a break. And then he would let the interns do it, and I uh, at the time was an intern. Oh, you were an intern for Hanna Barbera. Let me ask you this: There's a young man who's at Hanna Barbera right now, uh, named Seth McFarland. Did you ever meet him? I think that I met that kid Seth at a party McFarland? in Hollywood. He's going. He's going places like tomorrow. Truly, an asset to the New England community. Uh, and I just hope that he brings some visibility to what it's like living in Rhode Island one day. I would really love it if Seth MacFarlane was the ward for representing an entire region of the country for the rest of America. I, well, it's a future I can only dream of. Hey, Tim, now this is just one idea. Uh, how funny would it be sure, guys. if a talking baby and a really smart dog were friends? <laughs> I think I have my answer. You got him. <laughs> Why would they be friends? <laughs> they wouldn't shout out friends, right? But no, uh, baby's smart. Yeah, that, I mean. Why would they be friends when the baby's so smart? <laughs> I don't know. It's making me laugh just thinking about it, too. I just hope that's something that I can see on TV one day. Oh, man. One day. That, uh, that Seth MacFarlane's a funny guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what he was talking to me about. Yeah, he's, he's caught this idea. You know what I'd like to do? What? And what I've been, I was pushing. Uh, Bring his sister back to life? For the longest time. What's that? Was, was if you're telling, if you're writing a cartoon, right? And you think of something funny that isn't necessarily related to what's happening. Just cut away, show the joke, and cut back. I mean, that's, that's a, it. Time on a formula. It's what you can do when you're working in a medium like animation. Absolutely. I mean, we do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just earlier we were talking. I mean, we spent a good long while on uh, uh, on the New Yorker, which it's not cause. No, it's not cause. No. If, if you read the New Yorker magazine, you're kind of endorsing a future where America is left behind cause. That's the future I don't want to live in. No, no, no. What are we doing? Set flying skateboards. Yeah, flying skateboards that can't carry as much as a car. Our mechanic friend would be rolling over in his grave. He's dead in this future. Yeah, oh, he hasn't got much to live. And he's, he'll be glad yeah, to know. Jimmy, we should mention it that uh, our mechanic friend is very sick. So you should uh, get your car there uh, pretty soon and mention me. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, oh. not, 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 not you, Tim. you, Tim. An earlier caller, we referred to my friend Jimmy. Uh, oh. 
he is the mechanic we referred him to is sick because I've been putting borax in his morning quiche. Just enough to keep him sick a long time. But it's kind of a fun way for me to be like, huh, I wonder how much a human body can endure pain before it ultimately uh, ceases. And we're still not sure. Mm -mm. It's not like a car. I think what we need to do is we need to do this again and again. This experiment to a bunch of different people to get our answer. And it's in pursuit of science. Right. But they got to be selected at random. Right. Uh, uh, p- probably not all in the same town. Probably spread out spread around out. the geographical area. But think about the mass. None yeah. of them. Are you guys taking volunteers for this? Yeah. Sure. I mean, Tim, we, you want some borax pie? Borax quiche? I'm, uh, I'm always down with some free borax. It's true. Once you've ingested the borax, you can use it for whatever you want. Yeah, I'm assuming. I'm assuming once it's inside of you, it's yours. <laughs> okay, Tim. One last question. Uh, what's the make and model of the car you're living in? Uh, it is a '72 uh, Chevrolet Roadster. Okay, Tim. Ooh. What you're gonna do is you're gonna take it down to the Pep Boys. Roomy. And what they're going to tell you is this car only has two wheels. Uh, and that's the problem and can be immediately solved by adding two wheels to it. You're going to tell them no. You're going to tell them it's the fuel injector. And that should solve it. Fuel injector. Fuel inje- the replacing your fuel okay. injector is always a good idea. Just, and it will make the car feel new. It'll make it feel new. It'll be like driving around when you're 16 on a, on a date to pick up your, your, your homecoming dance. Uh, uh, date. It'll make him feel like okay. that. You know, okay, the wife you eventually murdered. Looking for a piece of paper, something to write it down. Yeah, t- take your time. Guys, my stuff is everywhere. I could really use a tote or something. Keep myself organized. Listen, we're going to send you the tote, Tim. We're sending you the tote, Tim. Just stay in constant contact okay. with Terry Gross. I'm going to I'm going to pr- make this promise to you right now that Terry Gross will personally deliver this tote to your car. She will. And she'll be kind of mad about it, but she'll do it. You there? Thank Tim? you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for just co- what I needed. Tim, thanks for calling. And, uh, you know, call next hour. Okay. Sounds great. All right. We'll Bye, talk Tim. soon, buddy. Tim Keck. Oh, that great guy's young man. life sounds like a disaster. No. <laughs> Well, that's about all the time we have for this week's episode of the Vehicular Dialectic. Uh, Jake, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, I guess I'll say... If your car's making that noise, you're going to take them down to Napa. And they're going to tell you... It's the trunk. They're going to tell you something's living in your trunk. You're going to tell them, no, it's the fuel injector. That's right. Our, our big advice for you is to uh, 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 buy a New Yorker tote bag, go to the men's store, and get a new fuel injector for your car. Yeah. They're going to say you want some overalls, and you're going to tell them, no, it's the fuel injector. That's right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Vehicular Dialectic. Please send in your answers for this week's puzzler. This, of course, has been Jay Kamana. And Jim Hamana. And that's each other's names. And we are going to be with you again next week, uh, 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 calling in with your, your car questions. Uh, in the meantime, uh, 
Don't drive like my brother. Don't drive like my brother. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. And stick around for Point of Order right after us here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Good night. Thank you.